What's up, everybody? This is your girl, Shanti Das. Welcome to the Silence the Shame podcast. It's always good to be back on these airwaves, bringing the good information to the people around mental health and wellness. I am your co-host, as I mentioned, and so excited to be talking to my co-host again. I don't get to see him that much, so I get sad when I don't get to see his face, but I'm happy to talk to him. What's up, Free the Vision? What's going on, Shanti? I get sad, too. Like, you know, we've been moving and grooving. I miss my homie. What's up? Yeah. Working and doing great things. I love it, though. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I'm I'm proud of what the organization is doing and just how it's growing and taking over still. Yeah, y'all might not know, but Free is doing his thing on the director side and producing some great content for TV. So we're really proud of him. But he still shares his time with Silence of Shame. So we're grateful. And I'm excited about today's conversation. I wasn't really ready to do this a few weeks ago, but now I think, you know, I'm at a better point. Um, So y'all, today we're talking about healing in public. Mm -hmm. This is actually a new concept and campaign that Silence of Shame just recently launched. And I'll tell you all a little bit about it. So Healing in Public, also known as HIP, is a mental health and crisis recovery initiative to create safe spaces for everyone to be radically honest, transparent, and vulnerable without shame, which is probably a story of my life. Mm-hmm. With over two years of surviving the pandemic, our minds, body, and energy are quite frankly depleted. And the level of uncertainty on how we move forward is profound. Whether experiencing challenges internally or externally, healing in public is a call for grace for everyone to unmask in the open. Our brains were not made to endure this stress level, and it is giving yourself permission to feel your feelings, connect with your friends, and giving yourself grace during this time with whatever you need to do. So mm-hmm. that's what we're going to talk about today. How I heal in public free how you heal in public and giving our listeners just an opportunity to learn a little bit about this initiative in hopes of, you know, you all posting videos to your, to your social media, using the hashtag, you know, silence to shame, hashtag healing in public. And we just want to encourage people to know that it's okay to to share your stories and it's okay that we heal as we have to play this thing called life out. Right. Mm -hmm. In real time every day. Right. Right. And I mean, and you show up in every space as yourself. And I know a lot of times, you know, no pun intended, um, but we're wearing masks before just like masks these days. But talking about that, like we're wearing masks just to get through the day and you never know what anyone's going through. So it's kind of one of those things where, to be honest, um, the way that I see it and feel about it is that like. You really have two choices, you can either be transparent healing in public or have to fake it in public because we all got something that we're going through Mm, so it's it's i think that this is a great initiative and i think that this will be really really impactful because i think that the pandemic shined a lot of light on um all of us with how much we have to um to do that and how much we're actually dealing with when we had to sit with ourselves and and recognize the different things that we were kind of going through, but have put on a back burner. Hundred percent. And you know, we do have some really cool healing in public silence of shame shirts. 
And so if y'all do decide to post, um, you know, we might just send you a shirt. So let us know. You know yeah, right? I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what else it makes me think, Shanti, too? Like, um, especially the calling for grace, because I think that that's what this is really all about. Um, mm-hmm. We live in a society where we share so much on social media and so much is public. Um, mm-hmm. And we're just such a public society, but we haven't adjusted to the fact that like some of those things may live forever and you may grow and change your opinion. You may change your thoughts. Um, you may heal and then, you know, end up as whether a public figure or just somebody in certain positions. And then those things too, um, we don't recognize how a person might have healed and we kind of come against that. And we don't give that grace to people who might be going through something when we see them. So like, I think that this is a, a good opportunity for us to kind of personally check ourselves. Like right. it gives permission, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I noticed that when people are more honest um, with someone else, it gives them permission to be honest too, you know? Yep. So I think that this is a good, I think this is great. So I'd love to see people engage in it. Um, I'd love to see some great content around it. Um, and just seeing how all we can encourage people to do this. Um, or at least recognize it, because I think that people are already doing it, but we maybe we'll be the ones to just kind of put a name to it. Absolutely. And, you know, like for me, you know, you might ask, OK, well, how do I heal in public? So like for me, Shanti Das, personally, the way I heal in public is I call it digital journaling. You know, I, I as people who do follow me, they know I speak a lot about my thoughts and my feelings around grief around my own depression. And, you know, I just talk through it and, and I share how I'm feeling. I'm very vulnerable. If I'm having a tough day, I'm very transparent, you know, of saying, yes, um, today's not a good day. This is how I'm processing through it. Like you all know, I lost my mom late January and I'm I just came up on a three-year anniversary of my sister passing away and I still struggle every single day I miss them so much. And it's interesting. They came to me in my dreams this week, both of them. Mm. My dad came to me this week. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. Uh And like, you know, because I had been struggling a lot still with the grief that, you know, my sister just came to check on me and see how I was doing. We were laughing so hard free. We had our pajamas on <laughs> mm. and we clearly had just been at the house all day, just chilling. And we laughed so hard that we both fell to the ground, like holding on to each other. Mm-hmm. And showed like how much fun we had as sisters. I miss that so much. I can't even, you know, really put it into context of the void in my life. But I know I have to keep going. I have an organization that I run. I have staff that I'm responsible for. Mm-hmm. And I have other family members that I love and I want to be there for them. So I try to put one foot forward every single day when I wake up in the morning. I try to, and some days, you know, I do better on some days than others. But for the most part, I wake up every morning and I pray before I pick up my phone and you know, start my my life and, and day from a place of gratitude. And then sometimes I'll just think about the day before and kind of like recount what happened the day before and how I'm doing things. And then I start putting things in motion. I might go down and get some food. Um, but I allow myself to process through my feelings so that I know how I'm feeling so I can kind of set my day 
And some days are better than others, like I mentioned. And if I can't get out of my funk for some reason, I know that's going to be a rocky start to the day, but I, I honor my feelings. So if I'm not having a good day, I don't try to suppress those feelings. I just allow myself to go through it. So rather than when somebody asks me and say, oh, how are you doing? I'm good, you know, whatever, whatever. I might say, actually, I'm not good today. Mm -hmm. I give myself that grace to say, you know what? Today is actually not a good day, but I'm going to get through it. And I find ways for it and I find ways through it. And that's a lot of what like healing in public is, is being really transparent and honest about how that day is going. And the day may get better. But again, I, I, I used to be that person that would like, you know, to say in that moment, oh, I'm great, which that ends up being a white lie because <laughs> you're not great, honestly. But I do honor my feelings now. And I, if I'm not having a good day free, I tell them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and honestly, that actually does some people's service too, because then they know how to also show up for you, um, for those who are understanding and care. Um, and then it also allows people to know, because, you know, sometimes people can be so laser focused and I'm guilty of it, too, to where you may hit a person and not even like you're asking how you're doing, but just as a blanket, not really because you want to know how a person's doing. And then you're ready to proceed to ask them for things, you know, what I'm saying not knowing what they're going through in their day. So, I mean, for me, I think even as myself healing in public is sometimes having a that honest conversation, but also people that you can trust and have conversations with um, telling people where you are and how you feel um, being, being present sometimes too. Um, there's a lot of that going on for me now because I know that there's times where I can get um, in a, a mode of just going, 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 and not looking up and recognizing where I am or being grateful for that. And then even in all that you have going on, still fall into a little bit of a rut of like still feeling like there's still something that's, you know, imbalanced. And that's okay. Um, that happens, but to be to be able to recognize that and kind of take some time with yourself or tell people that you need that moment. Um and and giving other people the space to do the same. I think that I think that it's to your point, you know, I have to get better about it. I do it sometimes. And when I say sometimes, it's not a small amount of time, but just not consistent of that waking up, you know, having a prayer, at least having recognition of like you're up and processing your day and your intentions for the day before you jump into all of what you're going to be sucked into already on the phone and like what happened while you were asleep and what's going on like all of that information is going to be there but mm -hmm. kind of coming together with yourself to get ready to face the day because sometimes it's a task mm -hmm. um and you're you never know what every day is going to hold and some days like you said you may have a, a good start and end up somewhere else you may have a rocky start and end up somewhere else. And then all together, some days may be a situation where it's like, we're going to wake up tomorrow and try again. Like it's going to be, a, you know what I'm saying? Tomorrow is going to be a different day. And we just going to kind of like wash the emotions through this one and, mm -hmm. and start all over tomorrow. So I think that, I don't know. I think that this is just so powerful because everyone's doing it one way or another. Mm -hmm. Everyone's going through something and they cannot help but to be in public. 
mm-hmm. and they cannot help but to show up at their jobs and, for- know, and yeah like i mean the people who work for amazon right before they formed the union can you imagine how stressed out those workers were like i was just on the phone earlier with the lady who works for organization teach your heart out and it's an organization that really uh, rallies around teachers right and provides mm-hmm. a lot of resources for them but teachers are stressed out right now mm-hmm. and they have to heal in public every day you know mm-hmm. they have to show up for their students but they got so much going on personally and professionally they're stressed out but you got to keep going and then our celebrities you know and you know i'm not even going to say you know, the names, but we know what has happened in recent events and folks doing stuff out of character. And right. it's like, there's a lot. Right. But right. I don't think people are giving, you know, to your point, themselves enough grace, though, to really live it out and heal the right way. Mm-hmm. And, and us also, because it's like, as a society, we have to take the accountability that we show up front and center to spread the 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 mess of a person breaking down in public, mm-hmm. but we don't give them that same uh, excitement about when they are working through their healing in public. That mm-hmm. is usually a little bit quieter, you know, yeah. when we see them doing that. And we'll yeah. try to remind them of the things that they did before. So like, mm-hmm. it is a call for grace and it is a call to ask ourselves, you know, like everybody family got something that's going on and everybody personally has something that's going on. Mm-hmm. So like when you're just out and living your life in it, and in public is not just like literally out in the streets to me. I mean, you got to show up for your kids. You got to show up for your, you know, your spouse. And even though they're in the house with you, you know, it's different. It's still different. It's still your own personal journey. Um, and, and everybody's not on the same um, spot or step in that journey. So even if it is within your household. So it's just the having to show up completely as yourself, authentically. Mm-hmm. Um, and being able to communicate that as you're kind of finding your balance to, to a healthy way of being. I have a question for you. What do you think, like, because again, your dad had passed away how many years ago now? Uh, this year, two July will make two. Two years, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. What was the hardest part for you having to continue to heal from your dad's death, but to be able to have to go back to work and be around people? Um. So I always knew that for me, my challenge would be, and this is funny that you asked that, um, all of the things that happen after him Mm -hmm. that he doesn't get to take part in. And so for me, um, right after he passed, Silence to Shame have recognized me with that Bloomingdale's campaign. And that was something that he didn't get to see. You get what I'm saying? Or, you know, it was also like a lot of moments where, you know, as big of a presence as my dad was in my life, recognizing that there were people who should have met him that didn't, you know? Mm -hmm. And so having to talk to people and realizing like, dang, you didn't get to, and that feeling like those, it was the missed opportunities more than anything um and and just continuing on with what automatically becomes a new normal and i realized that there's only two new normals in my opinion that really are like completely new normals things are just not the same 
um, in this kind of way. Of course, when there's trauma and tragedy or different things like that, that would apply too. Mm -hmm. But like birth and death, you know what I mean? Because either someone's coming in to experience everything from this point forward or they leave and everything else from that point forward is different. Mm -hmm. You know, so those two normals that I think that everyone faces, mm -hmm. um, everyone might not face this uh, a level of tragedy that changes their whole world, but everyone faces death and everyone faces birth in some way, shape or form. And I think that those two joint normals like really changes the way that you experience life going forward. Mm -hmm. And and for me, it was just the going and talking to people. Um, and, you know, there's days where you might not feel so bad. And I, this was for me and, and my experience. Um, you've been okay. You've accepted it. But then you run into a person and they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, I oh, just, and, just and, that, and that thing just tanks like your emotions because that's not where you were. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like them not seeing you yet or, you know, hearing about it. Oh, it's like it re-triggers you all over. It re-triggers you all over. And or I've had people say things that they don't they don't mean any harm. Like, oh, I know you got to be so torn up and messed up about it. And it's like, you know, right now I wasn't. You know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't right now. Um, So that kind of thing is just the. Recognizing that everything is different and having those moments where for me, and I'll say this and kind of end, um, our routine was late night. He was a truck driver all his life. So I, I mean, my dad was a night owl. I'm, I can be a night owl. Mm -hmm. So I, I go through my whole day, but then late at night, I call him and we're just talking until like, all right, well, we both tired or something like that to catch up. Mm -hmm. And then when you get into that moment and you don't really have anybody that's a night out too, you know, or you mm -hmm. want to go and make that call and there's not anybody that's in your routine that fits that thing. So that was part of the, and it was taking a family on too, um, because it was me and him as just about the only guys. So like taking a family on and having a different level of responsibility where you can't kind of retreat to um, that comfort zone. I love that. Great perspective. And thank you for sharing that. Um, mm -hmm. I would say one of the hardest things for me, three, for healing in public, I want to talk about when I went through just my emotional health and wellness challenges and then also the grief process. So like when I first started openly talking about the fact that I had contemplated taking my own life and had counted up heels and all that, mm -hmm. it was terrifying for me to go to events in public. In the mm. years and stuff because I, I just felt like everybody was looking at me even mm -hmm. though they were and so it caused me to have like a this added level of anxiety and stress because I felt like oh my god what are people saying about me what are they doing and I felt that I was dealing with social anxiety for the first time because you know I love to be out and around people but I just felt awkward and weird and then when my sister passed away so suddenly in 2019 it was also weird for me going to events because I felt like people were trying to be helpful mm -hmm. and not knowing what to say, but it made me feel weird. But I knew I had to still keep going. And I, at the time I was doing ATL Live and I had a lot going on. 
but it just made I felt like I was almost in like this bubble by myself and I was like how do I heal in public how do I keep going when I got all of this weight of emotion and anxiety on me how do I get through it and I ended up having to just I had to do just that. I had to heal in public. If I was at ATL Live and something reminded me of my sister, I stepped away and cried for a few minutes, mm-hmm. wiped my face and came back. I had to stop suppressing those feelings. You might not remember this, but I specifically remember uh, an ATL Live where I want to say that you got an award. I think that they gave you an award or something along those lines. And you came up and was just like, hey, I don't even want to honestly be here. I am still going through the grief of my sister and like I am not happy and OK right now. And that was the speech. You know what I'm saying? Like, thank you, guys. But that was the speech. And I remember that everyone kind of was like. Silent for a second, but it was so raw and honest that it, too, was like, you know, what can you who cannot understand that? You know what I'm saying? Like, who cannot understand that? And it does take a certain level of even you showed up, you accepted it, you took it, you did your work. But at the same time, you didn't pretend for anyone. And I thought that that was very respectful. You know what I mean? And, I, and it's it was the only it, way that I've known to do it these last five to seven years. Mm-hmm. Now I feel like I'm doing it all over again with my mom because, you know, I don't care that my mom was 90 years old and had Alzheimer's. That's still my mom. Mm-hmm. she still remembered me up until the end we still had our routine so like you know how you talked about not having a person there late nights like there's so many times I want to just pick up the phone and FaceTime her because that was our thing especially during the pandemic and mm-hmm. it's not there anymore and same thing I just you know I keep going and I tell people I think he, the biggest thing of healing in public is that vulnerability and the transparency it is just that if you're having a bad day, you have to tell people. If you're feeling a certain way, you have to tell people. It doesn't mean that you just stay. Because what I won't do, because I, I realized that you can't just heal in private. Mm-hmm. Because then you're doing yourself a disservice. Yep. And it can fester. Meaning you got to keep going. You can't isolate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, listening to this. Yes, we have those quiet moments, morning, night or whatever. You know, you're not going to always be out in public, but you got to be able to keep going. You got to get up and put one foot in front of the other. You may have a spouse, a partner, you may have children, you know, you, a job you have to go into. Whatever it is, you know, our loved ones will want us to keep going. Or if we, you know, are suffering and healing in public from a mental illness or even a physical illness, you know those around us will want us to be able to keep going. You know, we have to have people that support us through, you know, what we're going through, whether it, you know, is, like I said, an emotional health and wellness issue, a physical health issue, or, you know, the loss of a loved one. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to put one foot in front of the other and keep going. Mm-hmm. It's just, it just is what it is. Mm-hmm. And forward is the only way, really, you know, so you, we really don't have a ch- a choice, you know, it can't, Everything can't stop, period. It just, because it won't. One, it won't. Mm-mm. Two, it just cannot stop because there's so much more, you know, if there is for anything that you want or or need in life, it has to be in front of you, you know? So it's kind of one of those things to give yourself the, the grace of time too. And to your point about private, 
a lot of times, especially if you're alone, a lot of things can fester in private. 100%. You know, and and being in public might make you have to remember the all that you have to do, and that there is so much more out here to be present for. And and yeah, and so that, that that's what helps me, you know, just knowing that it's a lot more that I got to do, you know, and. When I was sick last summer, you know, I had my gallbladder removed and I was sick for about three months out of the year. Mm -hmm. Even then, I just felt weird being out at places, but I had to figure out ways going forward. That's why these sort of platforms, you know, are important for people to know, like you're not alone. You know, support groups are really important for people to be able to heal in public. A lot of great organizations like NAMI, um, Mental Health America. Gosh, so many others, or even just seeing your therapist, you know, being able to give you ways and tools that you need to be able to move forward and heal in public. Um, letting your family members in is important. So you have a group around you to support you and your thoughts and your feelings and what you're going through. All of that is important and makes this campaign, you know, that much more, I think, a priority for us, knowing that, you know, you're helping other people as you heal in public. It's really mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what this campaign does. Me too. I think, that, I think that this is a, I think that this will be a good staple for Silence to Shame because it's one of those things where, you know, from an impact perspective, it's something that can touch any and everybody. There's no one that it can, that it has to exclude. And that is where I feel like, you know, it's really the big moment, you know what I mean? Because the public is the thing that we all share. You know, so um, think about what like our our church community, our faith community goes through, right? As they're trying to heal in public and go to, through different things, it's just a lot. Children, adults, teenagers, you yep. know, you know. So I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, I think that um, you'll be hearing, you know, I think a lot more in the coming months and weeks from not only us at Silence of Shame, but different people. Um, as they begin to share their stories. And we invite you all just to consider, you know, you can go on our website and go under Healing in Public, check out what it is. Um, It gives you information on how you can share your story um, with the organization on behalf of the organization. And we just, you know, we want to encourage you. We want to encourage you to know that transparency is nothing to be ashamed about, vulnerability you know, uh, being open and honest is what we should be doing right now, especially with mm-hmm. there being so much darkness in the world. Being transparent mm-hmm. can actually be a light or a way for you to illuminate your thoughts and your feelings and your family and what you're going through. So we want you to give yourself grace. You want We want you to heal in public with us and, and let's take this campaign worldwide. Yes, yes, I absolutely love that. Any final thoughts from you, Free Vision, and what we need to do, how people can reach us? Yes. A final thought um, is more so for you. I am very proud to see you doing this work and continuing it and just how it continues to elevate and escalate, you know, and just grow and expand in everybody's spaces. But really, like you've devoted yourself to this. And while we're talking about healing in public, everyone can't see the behind the scenes. And I have Mm. from us like raising (laughs) their funds. You know what I mean? To just having great partnerships in music and in in the mental health space and all of those different things. So I'm just very, very proud and 
excited to continue to see you and Silence to Shame and all that you're growing um, mature. So that is a final. Thanks for being there for day one. Yeah, for sure. Because you've been doing a lot of healing in public since you've taken this on your back. Um, but for as for everyone else who's listening, please rate, subscribe, um, share and comment. Tell us your thoughts. Tell us how you heal in public. Tell us what you want to hear. Tell us all of that. Engage with us. Talk with us. Um, it does us a world of good. Um, and also follow us on social media um, at Silence the Shame on Instagram and at Silence TH Shame on Twitter and Facebook. Yes. So check us out. Make sure, like Free said, you tell people about it. And and we have a lot of really good content too available on our YouTube page. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to make sure that you can go back and check out some of that really good content. But yeah, come on, y'all. Let's get together. Let's love on one another. And let's make sure that we um, bestow grace upon anyone that we know in our circles or communities that might need that extra support. And let's encourage them to continue to silence the shame around mental health and wellness and to do their best to heal in public. Uh Thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in. And we wish you the very best. Yes.